Hey everyone, um, one of my uh, beloved old sponsees uh, reached out to me and um, asked for my experience, strength, and hope regarding having um, close family members with um, uh, different, different political viewpoints, specifically parents. And she asked if I had any experience, strength, and hope, and I said I do. Now, part of this uh, that you're not going to get is that she and I both read um, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, and I cannot recommend this book um, highly enough. It is sort of taking the Al-Anon program to a sort of master's level. And, uh, and so I really recommend the book. So uh, I guess my caveat is, is that hopefully it will uh, still um, be valuable and make sense, even if you haven't read the book. So uh, without further ado, here is my experience, strength and hope around having um, conservative Republican relatives. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, sweetie. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to be very um, concise. So forgive me in advance. Um, the one thing I am going to be concise about is, uh, so yeah, my, um, my dad is a total full-on Trump supporter and then my um, second family, the one that sort of adopted me, my um, sort of adopted sisters, not Melanie, obviously, but uh, they are also Trump supporters. So I uh, and they're um, anti-maskers, anti-vax, right? So and um one of the things that helps me and I'm going to I'm going to this is the end of the story. <clears throat> I'll just focus on my dad since that's what we're I'm just saying that yes I have experience with this. Is um my dad's an old man and uh my time with him is limited. And um, I think my dad's like 72 or something, but you know, and so the Allen on slogan, how important is it? And so I, uh, my dad and I kind of have an agreement not to talk politics. When my dad does talk politics, um, I don't engage in the conversation and I, uh, really kind of steer away from it because we're just going to get into an argument if I engage. Uh, he knows um, how I feel. Um, and uh, But what helps me is, you know, that a lot of people have relatives that have um, political views that are very, very different. And so I don't have to worry about being embarrassed about my dad, you know, um, 
because uh, there's one in every family. And it's kind of funny. So it's like if you're conservative, Christian, Republican, you know, the black sheep in the family is the Democrat. If you're a bunch of liberal, liberal Democrats or social, you know, the black sheep in the family is the staunch Republican. So whatever that is. So, um, so how I navigate that is I don't, so when the conversation, when any sort of political topic comes up, um, I really try to say things like that, that are very, um, uh, so they're not, it's not like Velcro. And what I mean is they're not saying something that will stick. So I'll say things like, you know, oh, that must be hard for you. Or I could see how you would be upset by that. And what helps me do this is we've talked about this before is sort of imagining talking to Forrest Gump. Like I would not argue with Forrest Gump. I would not try to get Forrest Gump not to tell me his feelings. I would just be thinking about like, okay, you know, so yes, this is judgmental, but you know, whatever. So with Forrest Gump, it's like he has, um, he is cognitively disabled. So I would not expect him to be able to grasp um, very complex processes or complex issues because his brain just simply can't go there. I think he had like a IQ of like 70 or something. It was in the movie, you know, um, or 75, like he was borderline. Like he, he didn't have an IQ enough to get into school and remember like the mom slept with the principal to get him in. But, um, so, so again, I think of my dad like that, like he is so crippled by fear and alcoholism in our family that he can only see things that are absolutely driven by fear and he can't see outside of that. And, and so it's like, I just don't want to spend any moment of these you know, his golden years, like arguing, like, I just don't want to argue, you know, I just want to get in touch with the part of me that's like, you were my daddy, you know, and same thing with my mom, like you were my mommy. And I really want to, uh, I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of um, having my heart broken, I'm tired and my heart breaking because my expectations were, you know, to be able to talk, you know, Nietzsche to Forrest Gump. I mean, they were just incredibly unreasonable. Um, so there's that piece, um, around just, um, you know, framing it up as like, okay, I'm talking to someone who, is emotionally and mental, mentally crippled by fear. Nothing I say is going to change that. And how can I move this conversation back to a place where I am um, located in love? And so whether that's through like, well, I, that sounds hard for you, or um, I could see why you would think that, or 
you know, that's, you know, you may be right. That's another wonderful thing to say, honey. It's like, well, you know, you may be right. Um, and just, you know, just listen and just like not engage. And then if it gets to a point, like, so for example, this is just an example, my dad, but if my dad started saying anything like really racially offensive or stuff, I'd be like, dad, this, this conversation is making me uncomfortable. You know, um, can we talk about something else? And then I'll try to say like, have you watched any movie? Like I'll feed it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, or like, um, I'll think of something, you know, like, have you, I always like bring it back to, have you talked to uncle John or, you know what I mean? Like I always have like topics ready to kind of redirect if we get to a place where I feel like I'm being complicit in something that's really making me uncomfortable. But most of the time that doesn't happen. And then, um, you know, but again, I just, um, you know, I just try to make it so whatever he throws at me just doesn't stick. That's where I was thinking of the Velcro. Like, you know, those games where, or dart games or the Nerf games where it's like, instead of darts, you would throw a ball and try to hit the bullet and you, and it would need to stick. And so whatever my dad throws at me, I just, I just don't want it to stick. Um, you know, so I kind of keep it there. Now, the part that's going to be kind of hard to explain is, um, because again, I have it clear in my mind, but. Um, since you've read the book, Loving What Is, it'll make this a lot easier. One of the great things about reading that book and then doing the work on my dad and then being in Al-Anon is realizing like, and then with all the Trump thing and having the vaxxers and whatever, and just these incredibly different opposing points of view and having like, um, you know, especially with the last two years with the pandemic and Carrie and Nora being like anti-vaxxers and, and, you know, they're watching quote unquote legitimate news sources that are telling them about people who are dying from the vaccine. I mean, whatever. And so it just, you know, and they're getting like, you know, legitimate medical information and not like crazy stuff, like real news sources, you know, not, you know, you know, anyway, but conservative news, really like Republican. And it, so I started thinking about like how, you know, basically reality is a bunch of people agreeing about what reality is. And here's what I mean by that. So there's really no source of authority. So like you might remember this from college or like, you know, whatever, which is like you would when you would put forth an argument, you would have to point to an authority source. Like what's your source material? What backs up your claim? Well, if you if you take anything that anybody says and you say, what's your source? You can get to a point where there's actually no real source. Like even if they say, well, you know, I 
I, you know, I, I, you know, take this back to Einstein. Well, you know, some people are finding out that Einstein's wrong, but let's not get into like that. Let's just get into social mores or whatever. You can't really find anywhere written in stone the true nature of reality. You can't. So, for example, there was a really funny, um, this perfectly captures it. It was a clip. I didn't, I watched a few episodes of the old show Roseanne. And there was a, I think Darlene was the daughter's name. And she had moved out. And Roseanne was visiting her dorm or whatever. And she had her um, high boy uh, chest of drawers. And she was showing it. And she was putting her clothes away. And the, the bottom drawer, Darlene had put all of her socks and underwear. And Roseanne's like, it doesn't go there. It goes to the top. And, and, and you know, you got to put it at the top. And then Darlene was genuinely confused. She was like, well, why? Who said? And everybody knows that. Well, who's everybody? Well, I do it, your sister. Well, but who said? And finally, you know, pretty quickly, Roseanne goes, God, God said that you have to put it. And it's kind of a very perfect example of, you know, that there are people who are like, you put your, you put your socks on last. So they go at the bottom of the drawer, right? And then there are people who are like, no, you keep your underwear in your top at the top of the drawer. Now, this is just an analogy. But the point is, is that for both sides, you're like, well, who set, like, what is your source material that tells you that you're right? And so let's say that, you know, then you basically come up with, you know, you're the, you know, like me, you're like, oh, you put them at the top. So then all your friends become people who agree with you. So when you say everybody knows you put it at the top, you're talking about everybody that you know, you know what I mean? And then the people who are like, no, you put the sock drawers at the bottom, you know, and you say, well, why would you do that? Right? Well, because everybody knows, because everybody They've made friends, you know, that are like, oh, of course you put it at the bottom. But the point is, is that you just, there's no source material that tells you that you're right. You just find people who agree that you're right. That's it. And that's why, you know, religion becomes so key because all of a sudden, some sort of document becomes the whole source material for how to live your life, what is right and what is wrong. That's it. And so then you get things like, well, the Bible says or the Quran says or the Torah says you get these source materials. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. But again, you it's just people who. Agree. So, for example, you can go to certain cultures and there are like old men marrying 12-year-old girls. It's not pedophilia. It's not anything. It's like it's the culture. Now, from our cultural perspective, that's fucking wrong, you know. But from their cultural perspective, it's not. 
And so let's say that we're in a room with them, you and me on one side and two people from that culture on the other side. Like, and let's say we start arguing it at neither, not one of us could go and point to a source material and say, well, it says right here, right? No one can do that. So like I said, it's just, you know, it's not that we're right. It's that we've made choices on how we want to view reality and how we want to perceive it and what feels right for us and what feels wrong and what are the principles that we want to live by. And then we make friends with people who think in a very similar way and who agree with us, you know, and then those people create communities and do all kinds of things. So my point here is that thinking of it this way, helps me really stay connected to my dad and to my adopted sisters, my foster sisters, because I don't think of them as wrong and I'm right. I think of it as like I've chosen to live life a certain way and to prioritize values a certain way. And I've come to a conclusion. And that conclusion puts me over here with these group of people. And we think alike. And this is us. Oh, you, a perfectly beautiful, intelligent, wonderful, talented, loving person. You have gone through the same steps. And you have come to a completely different conclusion. And you're going to be over there and you're going to make choices on that. And what I'm going to do, because what would love do here? What does love look like in this situation is my modus operandus. I mean, like that, like what would love do here and what love would do, because that's my value system, is to connect with you from a place of love and to not think of you as a political party person, but to think of you as a woman who I've grown up with my whole life, who I love and adore. Same thing with my dad. I'm not going to think of you as a Trump supporter. I'm going to think of you as my dad who votes for Trump. And I'm just going to keep practicing that. And I'm not going to argue with you because, again, you're speaking to me as if God has ordained your version of reality. That's not that's not my version of reality. So I don't agree with that. And I understand That in your version of reality, you think you are completely right. And anyone who does not live according to way that that your group has decided is the right way to live. You view them as heretical and immoral, amoral. And, you know, you just I understand that. And you go ahead, go ahead and live your life that way. That's not how I'm going to live my life. You know what I mean? Even though I kind of am like, I don't agree with how I'm kind of doing it back to you. I'm just more like, well, you know, as you know, what's it? What's that slogan? Harm none. Do what you will. As long as your viewpoint 
you know, doesn't come onto my body. And when you try to come onto my body or you try to silence public schools from using the word gay, I'm like, okay, then I'm going to fight for my rights in a political manner through the voting things. But anyway, I'm kind of digressing, but I think you get the point. So these are the tools that I use so that I can connect to older people in my life who are very conservative and like people like Trump and Putin. And I'm like, okay, that's your version of reality, you know, and I don't agree with it. And I can, I can still love you and just recognize that you're going to be on that island and I'm going to be over here on this island and I'm going to live according to my principles. So uh, I hope some of that was helpful. Um, anyway, I love you and I'm so glad you still reach out to me. And if you need to talk about it more, um, I'm always here. All right. Love you. Bye.